Good morning and welcome to the Coffee and Cap Rates podcast, your go-to source for New York City's latest commercial real estate insights. This program is brought to you by Ariel Property Advisors. Hi, I'm Shimon Shkuri with Ariel Property Advisors here at Coffee and Cap Rates with my two great colleagues, our Senior Director of Investment Sales, Jason Gold, and our Director of Sales, Daniel Mafar. Both are very knowledgeable in the Bronx, and we're going to talk about the Bronx today. Hi, guys. How are you? Very good. Hey, How are you, on. You both work on pretty much every transaction that the company does in the Bronx, and you have a great insight and information, and I've looked at our reports like many of us have on this call. Jason, why don't we go through the high-level numbers of the reports? What have we seen in the Bronx in 2022 in general? Tell us a little bit about it. Of course. So thank you for having us. So overall in 2022, we saw just under $2.4 billion trade from year over year. Of that, about $1.2 billion was strictly multifamily asset class, which is about 16% up from last year. We're still seeing a lot of demand from the multifamily asset class across the board, along with commercial and the development market. That's great. And so I want to double click for a second on multifamily and give you, Jason, Daniel, my partner, Zick, who's not on the call, and a few other team members here, just a lot of credit for acquiring about 27.2% market share when it comes to dollar volume. That's great in the multifamily asset class. And we've seen a different mix of these asset classes trade. And it's beautiful to see because it allows us to understand when we trade the different assets within multifamily allows us to understand the investor psyche and the reasons behind the investing. And Daniel, what have we seen in the multifamily mix in 2022? Thank you, Shimon. So the Bronx, the majority of the housing stock is between affordable housing and pure rent-stabilized buildings. Rent-stabilized buildings across the city, but especially in the Bronx, because there's a very little amount of free market units. The demand for them has been getting hurt as investors want higher cap rates than a lower basis on a price per unit and a price per square foot. Between the rent law of 2019 in conjunction with the Fed interest rate hikes last year, the demand for those assets has been slowly but surely coming down. There still is a strong demand from many local owners and family offices, but we're seeing a lot of those trade in the 100 to 150 plus a unit basis. And we brokered a few portfolios last year that were in that range. But on the other side, with affordable housing, we see that a lot of institutions are usually looking at those as safer assets, and they generally trade for higher metrics than pure rent stabilized. And that's where you'll see actually that the multifamily metrics year over year are actually rising because of a few larger trades, including a $107 million portfolio that we had brokered last year as a big reason that there's higher metrics in the multifamily sector. That's great insight. Let's just stay on that for a second. I think you're absolutely right. The project-based Section 8 that you, Vic, and Jason worked on, Vic led it. That was a fantastic example deal for a deal that had institutional interest, mission-driven capital into affordable. The flip side, as you said, was that rent stabilized that we sold like Tudor City and Fox Street and Beck Street. Depending on the timing of the year, timing was a big, big factor there. Depending on the timing of the year, we've seen different types of investors, more like long-term families and high net worth individuals investing in these rent-stabilized buildings. The amazing part about New York City and the Bronx 
is that even with the challenges of rent stabilized, there's always that kind of investor. So there's always resiliency. And I personally love to see it. So Daniel, thank you for that insight. And Jason, let's jump into development, commercial and retail real quick before we wrap up. Of course. So the development market, the first half of the year, there was a big uptick in transaction volume and dollar volume compared to the other years. And that was particularly because of the expiration of the 421A. In the beginning of the year, we sold 138 Bruckner, which traded for about $120 a square foot. And you're seeing a lot of other transactions that occurred prior to June. The second half of the year, the development market took a little bit of a hit only because of the expiring 421A. That being said, the commercial retail market saw a big jump, actually the highest price per square foot on record in the past seven years, trading at around $550 a square foot on an average. Of that, one of the higher price per square foot transactions was 1031 Westchester Avenue and Southern Boulevard, which was a prime corner retail property that our firm sold as well for just under $1,000 a square foot. But I do think the commercial market and the development market will continue as well as the multifamily market into this year of 2023. And let's finish with a quick question about 2023. I mean, what do you guys see? And, and Daniel, we'll start with you. What do you guys think in, in like a nutshell, real quick, this year is going to look like? I mean, I know the first and second quarter are feeling softer. What do you think is going to happen the rest of the year? I think a lot of people are still going to be chasing multifamily and retail assets as the Bronx usually just has higher yields compared to the other five boroughs, but the long-term appreciation in New York City, I think you're going to see a lot of people chasing those. That's a great comment. Thank you. So chasing yield. And Jason, feel the same? Yeah, I agree with Daniel. I think the activity is going to continue as it was in 2022. I think people are going to be chasing yield just like Daniel said, and we're excited to see how 2023 turns out. Great. So we're expecting a good year, at least the second half of the year in terms of transactions with yields, with different types of products, not just multifamily, but also rent-stabilized multi, affordable housing, multi-commercial retail, and so on, and, and some development as well. Thank you both for being on this podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you, Shimon. 